when people tell you that you're racist for wanting school choice, we're going to talk about the history of that today as we watch our culture stray further every day. What you believe about God dictates how you will think. Our philosophies dictate how our culture behaves. Politics is simply the enforcement of cultural norms. The truth claims about God, philosophy, culture, and policies will affect what we value. When these things are in alignment, revival is possible. Well, hello there, and welcome to Further Every Day, the podcast where we explore current events through the lens of the Christian worldview. Let's introduce everyone's in the room, and let's get down to the nitty-gritty. And uh, no, you're not necessarily racist if you oppose school choice, but... Don't say that we are for wanting it. Starting off in the chair of theology, we got Melissa. How are you this morning? A little tired this morning, but doing well. Lucky to have you in here today, dealing with the reason why we believe what we believe. Got a lot of verses to get to. Yes, sir. And to her left, we got Mr. Charlie. Good morning. How are you, sir? We are doing great. Ready for this topic. Good o, good o. Dealing with the philosophical points, the reason, the rigor that the Christian must bring to the faith, and to his left, we got Mr. Steve. How goes it? Hey, man, I'm doing fantastic, John Arthur, and I'm going to be high-stepping down this road. I, I, I was just curious. Charlie, how many you got in there with you? With what? With you. You staying we. <laughs> I'm just curious. I don't know. I, I'm going to tell you. I, I just, it's, <laughs> it's me, myself, and I. Oh, okay, perfect. There we go. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> All right. Yours truly sitting in the chair of politics. It's going to be a pell mell today. I can tell already. Yours truly sitting in the chair of politics. The government is a God ordained institution. Why wouldn't you be involved with it? And to my left, I've got Josh. Yo, what's going on? How's it going, Yahushua? It's going good. It's going good. My name is Jeezy, actually. Uh, Jeezy? Myself and I. No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, my. Okay, so we've got uh, Josh in the economic chair dealing with the values that we hold. So let's dig into it. Where does this notion come from that somehow being able to choose which school you put your child into is racist? Let's break it down really fast. They're going to point to two cases, Brown versus the uh, uh, City education. Board of Education in, the, in Topeka, Kansas, where you had a class action lawsuit by a bunch of African-American parents who said, hey, segregation, not so cool. And that was, if I remember correctly, 55. You can, you can fact check me if you want. But go a little bit further, and they're going to say, well, school choice was used by Stanley, Governor Stanley, Democrat, Virginia, to mismanage public funds to schools that were de facto white. What they would do is they would do it based on intelligence, they would admit based on intelligence and a number of factors, so they would filter through into these private schools, effectively a de facto white school, circumventing Brown versus the Board of Education. This was struck down in a, another Supreme Court case Griffin versus the County School Board of Prince Edward County, where they said, hey, you guys are creating a de facto segregation. We see what you're doing. We see your massive resistance plan as dubbed by Governor Stanley. Massive resistance. Does that sound familiar? And you know, yes, it does. And you know, John Arthur, the thing is, we've dealt with a lot of topics in this podcast, a lot of different ones. 
And one of the things that is a common recurring theme is that the church is not stepping up and doing what it needs to do. And that whole thing right there would have been solved by the church stepping in and doing what they needed to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that is problem one. And by the way, can I just humbly suggest you don't get to use something in a racist manner and then call everyone else who uses it racist 50 yeah. years, 80 years later. Yeah. You, you don't, you don't get to, that's not acceptable. That's not cool. And, and didn't his base stand up behind him too, didn't they? All the Democrat base. Yes, yes. exactly. And you, you got to remember, it was Republicans who were fighting the whole time. The parties never switched. Right. They just switched tactics. The Democrats did after Republicans won the right for your, your, your general ability to live equal and not separate, mm -hmm. which was that uh, 1896 Supreme Court case that was incredibly unconstitutional, equal, but, but different. So that is what they will first come out and say, now that we got that out of the right way, and we said, look, no, 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 that was you Democrats doing that. That was, that was the Democratic Party doing that, and that's not Republicans. Republicans have always been school choice because it actually enables the poorer family to pick better schools because the rich families can always afford to send their kids to private. I want to go ahead and take that and throw it around the room, and then we're going to come back to the theological, the more grounding uh, cultural arguments as well in why we are so opposed to the state as it currently stands running education with no accountability. I want to come back to that point, but I want to throw this around the room. Theologically, when you have an enemy who twists and turns reality or twists good things and makes them into something bad because of their own misuse, doesn't that remind us a little bit of the garden? Mm. I, think it, I think it really does because I mean, most people know the the story of the garden and how you know the apple was supposed to be you know that that beautiful fruit that you know was pleasing to the eye and to the smell and to the senses and whenever Eve did eat the apple she saw that oh the eyes were open and all of that so I, I do really do think that um, that you can take something that's very good and honestly Satan can twist and turn it to something that's completely different from what it, the initial purpose was supposed to be. So, and it all comes down to what are you doing relationally with God and with man? What are you doing relationally? Nothing individu individually is racist, not necessarily. So I want to move over to the chair of philosophy here, and I want to get your, your, your take on this. When you start to see individuals playing revisionist history with their own actions... I mean, th this, is, this is reflectionism at its best. What should we do as far as how do we go about pointing it out and laying out a road that is not, we, we don't want to box people in, you know, we, and I said, look, it's, it's you Democrats. We want to be careful when we're actually talking to the people on the ground. Mm -hmm. How do we go about changing that so that we win them? So... I think one of the most important things is what we emphasize in our Bible studies for our students is even though a pastor is up there and he's preaching away and you trust him, you trust him a lot, you need to double check his math too. You don't just accept what he says because he said it. The same goes for our political leaders. 
in those who are responsible for um, educational policies. We don't accept it just because you said it. We don't accept it just because you got elected. We will double check your math too. And I would encourage everybody to think about this. When you think about educating your children, number one, who is best equipped to educate your children? Number two, how do we educate our children without putting them at risk of true indoctrination? That's key. Because what's going on in America today is indoctrination. Can I, can I actually alter a little bit of what, or suggest an amendment? We want to make sure that our children are not receiving false indoctrination. Because by default, what is a school going to do? What does is, what is the word indoctrinate mean, Mr. Pomeroy? Well, it, it means to tell them what they are going to believe and then believe it. And might I say this, for those that are sitting here listening to this and thinking that I'm going to suggest that we have the private schools, the church schools, and everything like that, and what is that? That's indoctrination. I would submit to you that is not true teaching either. When a, when a school comes in and does not allow you to see all the different sides of things, that could be indoctrination as well. I am a firm believer that, and I'm going to go just a little bit longer here, I am a firm believer that if you were to teach creationism in school, that's fine. If you want to teach evolution in school, that's fine. But you better teach them all and teach them correctly. Because when you put them on the table, a child knows what to believe. So, and I, I I do want to stand up and kind of, and kind of defend and push back a little bit on you. Yep. You go right ahead. Because, and I think we're saying the same thing. If not, that's fine. I've been in religious schools that taught both just fine. And they taught both just fine. That's not indoctrination. Correct. in the sense of inculcating one set of values with no, no desire, but by default, you are putting someone into a doctrine. There is a doctrine of every school. And the question is, is, is that a good doctrine or is it a bad doctrine? And you and I can agree on those. So a, a, absolutely a good, a good nuanced view there. Moving over to the chair of culture, when we start to see people twist the history of where we've come from and where we are now. And now it's outside the Overton window to even say, Hey, this is, this is what you guys were doing, what your ideology was doing just 80 years ago. And you guys want to put that on our ideology when that's now moved outside the Overton window, should Christians push back? Oh, I I think that's a, question that answers itself of course christians should how do you go about that back. well you get the church involved just like charlie was talking about and that parents that are christians need to stand up and get more involved not only that they need to push for school choice okay where that's where people are going to start talking about oh hey you're racist go but, back Go back to the beginning, Vizzini. Exactly. Go back to the beginning and everything starts talking over again. But the thing is, is that, you know, people bring up, oh, hey, 
Brown versus the Board of Education. Well, hey, look, people don't realize there's a second part to the board Brown versus Board of Education, which is the Stanley part. And the Stanley and plan is just a continuation of the same racist policies. Is exactly right. But everybody talks about Brown. They don't talk about Stanley, which is the racist part of that. It's the opposite it's, side. Yeah. It's exactly right. And they pushed hard on that in that in that in that state. It was he did it on purpose. He came in and purposely did that. Took tax dollars and put them towards doing exactly that. And that's where they wanted to go is they wanted to circumvent the new Supreme Court decision. Exactly. That's what they were up to. And so you, you, you use school choice in that way. And of course it's going to be racist because the people doing racist things are doing it illegally. Sure. It's not even school choice at that point. Sure. So I want to go to the, to the chair of politics just in brief, because I know we got to get to Josh over here, but when you have the government in a monopolistic position on whenever you have any monopoly, but let alone something that is so devoid of meritocracy, such as the current public education system, where you have a incredible load of administrators to teachers. You've got one teacher in a 40 kid classroom and you got two administration staff for the one teacher that actually happens. Yeah. Okay. That actually happens. By the way, when I was in church schools, you had three or four administrators for 20 teachers. It can work. Believe me, it can work. And it, it works very well. But it takes the church to, to have up. a heart to step up and do it. And that's, and that's the thing that we're missing right now. That's the thing that we're missing is the church is not stepping up. So who steps in? Daddy government. And, and you daddy know government wants to run it. And John Arthur, or one quick thing here. Shoot. Of all the politics and policies that we see in our culture today, the one that is, this is my personal opinion, the easiest one for us to, to address is the issue of education. And why doesn't the church step up? And Because guess what? Who gets to indoctrinate them now? And now let me tell you why it's such an issue and fight. Because we've got many many Christians in our churches that believe the public school system is the answer. And, and, and let, let, let's hold on that yes. and let's circle yes. back to it. Cause yep. let's do a Jin Pasaki moment. We'll circle back, <laughs> but I want to move over to Josh. I want to move over to Josh. So let's go ahead and talk about the economic issue because now there's an incentive, isn't there with the government to maintain their monopoly because public education is big money. And you, you, people don't realize teachers, the average salary is like eighty to $100,000 a year in, mm -hmm. some, in some states, yes. And so there, in administrators, it's even more wild. And then you don't even realize how many of these people actually use school property for things like windmill generation, et cetera. So wouldn't the... Isn't there a conflict of interest here between the people, the taxpayer, and the people being paid the taxes? I do think there's a conflict of interest. Uh, I would 
the, to your point about the the salaries, I would have to look into that. Doesn't sound right. Like I know there's certain teachers that make that amount, but I don't think that's the vast majority of teachers. If you want to look at specific school districts, we could break it down, but there are some that it's outrageous. Oh, yeah, for some. Uh, I, don't I think would it's agree the, with you on that, John Arthur. There are some there, there are some public school teachers who get paid forty thousand dollars a year. Okay, sure. Noted. But but going to your point, but getting away from that, uh, the, everything aside, because teaching, I'll be honest, I've. I have two sisters that teach in the public school system and it is hard, but something to go to the economic point. If there aren't kids in the public schools, then the schools, how do they really make money? I mean, this is a valid point. And let's say you have HISD who has a, a numerous schools across the city of Houston and you're trying to figure out, okay, well, if certain kids don't want to go to this one school, then what happens to that one school? It goes under or it has to compete in some way. It, it goes under or it has to compete. And so what we're doing by forcing kids to go to certain districts or di certain z zones for schools is we're putting, we're, we're essentially, you know, it's funny. We're kind of bailing out of some of these schools in a lot of instances because some of these schools, I'll, I'll make the case, some of these schools should be going under because of how terrible they are. I, I, I'm going to throw one out here. I'm going to throw a name, Client Intermediate. That school should be going under. Uh, that school is terrible. And the and it's not a safe environment for children. Children get beat up every single day over there. There's gangs over there. And they're completely okay with that, I guess, because as long as they can give the teachers jobs and as long as they can give uh, the school more money through the taxpayer, then it's okay. But the thing is, if we were in a... But the thing, like I said, we're in a free market. You should have the ability to choose... And in this case, if my kid doesn't want, if I don't want to put my kid in client intermediate because of how unsafe it is and because the kids don't actually earn an education, then I should have that ability. Mind you, it's a lot more nuanced than that because there's a lot, and it goes to the household and we're, we'll probably get to that later because some of these parents don't value the education. Mm -hmm. and so and so they think that it's more important that they work which i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that if they if you want to have your kid work and grow into the family business or anything like that i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but i do think the 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 way it's being done in relation to the public school is a bit flawed and and it's it's it puts a devaluing on that education so what you're essentially having is a bunch of kids coming into the school who don't care about it so guess what they do they act like hooligans Yes. And for those of you, any of you who have actually worked in public schools, and I have done lots of volunteering, not work, but lots of volunteering in public schools, I can attest to all the above because it's public education and because there's nowhere else to go. There's no other change. You see an incredible lack in the attitude towards it. And by the way, Public school teachers, I know some who make a lot less than 100000 but I'm saying the average salary right. nationally is very high. And you'll find that in some of the most corrupt states where the actual education is so low. Mm -hmm. In Texas, in Texas, it's a little different. But, and so I just want to put that qualifier out there. But when you have an incentive on the government's part to continue to manage the money, like, for example, I'm, I'm going to talk about, because you brought up Klein. I don't usually use names. But Klein at one point, and I believe they still are a billion dollars in debt and they are not putting laptops and books on the students table. And they have one of the highest tax rates period. And you know, John Arthur in this, 
when we talk about the the money that is being distributed to these schools, I think one of the the other Thank things you, Mr. Producer. <laughs> one of the other things that is absolutely appalling <laughs> is that we have got um, teachers who are purchasing supplies for students just so that they can have something to write on or write with. To me, that is so wrong. How how are we pushing so much money into our school systems, and yet we're we're in a situation where teachers have to purchase those supplies? That's something is desperately wrong there. Well, I'll I'll tell you um, when you when you look at uh, administrative staff and school boards, and you start looking at let's say their salaries. That's where your money's going, <laughs> and that's you the know, and that's the problem. Superintendents, principals, uh, school board. I mean, you know, you'll see they, a lot of money you, going into athletics yes. and not into the education. And look, I'm right. fine with athletics. I really am. I, I really am. But guess what? You do not need a ten million, twenty million dollar stadium. Yeah. I am sorry. You don't need that for every single high school. Amen. And and what you have is you have men, and, and this is going to sound really bad, so I'm, I'm really sorry, but you have some men who are living out their childhood fantasies of being NFL as a coach or as or as teachers who are involved in that, and they want to be in that. They want to, They want that experience, and you got these people pushing, and then that, and they're the dads yeah. want their kids to have that they experience, live, and that's fine, but you're taxing it out of the rest of us go take a voucher and spend your extra money doing that somewhere where where you can enjoy it and it's it's appreciated the rest of us would like to focus on math science education you know the things that we're actually lacking that we're four grades behind or two grades behind europe on depending upon which one you're talking about and this is europe we're talking about decadent europe yep okay so that's the problem is the money is being horribly wasted with zero accountability and yes we can go to the school boards but what happens when you go to the school boards you get put on a terrorist watch list right well and but but aren't you encouraged by i'm going to call it the revolution this this might be the second revolution where parents are standing up to school boards and not only standing up they're not just they're not just screaming from a microphone they're saying I want that seat. Correct. I want to help, and I will help. It's about turn time. And they're and now they're getting on, and I, I say amen and amen to that. Melissa, you you look like you have something to say. <laughs> but to the point of like the school boards, um, is what they're doing is the, is their approach correct? I, I I like their passion. I like what they're representing. But if you look into what the Bible says in Proverbs that, you know, we shouldn't be, you know, fighting each other. We should be educating. We should be making people wiser about this is what they're doing wrong is how they're doing it. Is that approach correct? Biblically correct. So you have to you have to narrow it down because there's a wide amount of responses that are occurring there. Mr. Producer, there's a wide amount of responses that are occurring there. And you've got some people who are very very engaged and there's some who will read the pornographic stuff and then they get cut off 
I don't see that as wrong. That and, they're, and I that would they're, say that they're that they're having that response. My question is, how would you have them respond, Melissa? I don't necessarily agree with them reading the pornographic material because honestly, it's they know what they're putting out there, and it's is it important for the parents to to read? Yes, it is. They we need to know what our children are being, you know. They should understand. They should understand. But do they need to, you know, read that material at a school board meeting? That's Absolutely. I I would totally agree with that. And and, I would say this, though, too. Don't don't mistake this here. I get where you're coming from on that. My question would be this. If, if If a thief was coming into your home and looking to do you physical harm, what would you do? I think any of us would... You match what the person's doing. We would match that. I think that's what's going on at the school board meetings. I think what's happened is parents have brought this stuff up and they're not getting listened to. And it's no different than us in a regular conversation. We'll all talk with each other at this level. But if I feel like my point needs to be made, I will speak louder. And I think that's exactly what's going on. And to that extent, there's some, there's some school boards that still are not listening. Well, now, now we've got issues. Now we've got major issues. And I think that's part of what you're seeing. I don't disagree with your overall premise. And as a matter of fact, I would say that's the first step is to approach that in a, in a strong Christian, but very um, tempered. tempered way. That's a really good word to use there. But at some point, if, if you're not getting listened to, something's, something's got to change. And I think that's what's happened is people have said enough is enough. I don't know of any that have gotten physical. There probably have been a few. But for the most part, when people are screaming and yelling, they simply want to be heard and they're not being heard. So that's that's my take on it. But the one thing that I would say that you're absolutely right on, Melissa, is that we probably do need to make sure that the message is not lost mm-hmm. in the delivery. Amen. And that's one thing that a lot of conservatives get, especially when you get into the folks who slide into the almost the QAnon side of things. Mm-hmm. And, and, and look, I mean, I, it's like 50-50 of what QAnon says is true because she says a lot of things that are true and then there's stuff that's like, oh my gosh, that's just not accurate. That, that's just wild, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm sorry if I offended someone. But there's a lot of stuff that's verifiably false coming out of that source. I'm just saying, just laying it out there. Why are you sorry? Don't, don't get mad at me, guys. <laughs> truth is truth. But truth is truth. And we have to kind of ratchet it down a little bit when we're talking to the individuals. One of the things I think people really lose is there's the politicians, there's the school board members, and the one camp, right? The people that were actually were inflicting injury and causing an issue. And then there's our mother-in-law or our, our cousin who has a, has a rainbow flag on their Twitter, right? Who or in their are classroom. you, what are you trying to do? Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not even talking about those. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying if you're talking to someone who's an everyday average Joe, R or Jill, are you trying to win them? And I think that's where you're going. Are you trying to change them? Yeah, and, you, and 
I think to your point, like, you can't, when you approach people, if, if I yell, you're going to yell. Well, I'm going to yell louder. Well, then you're going to yell louder. So you kind of go this back and forth, and it kind of gets to the shouting match of who's going to be the more aggressor. And in a, in a one-on-one confrontation, I absolutely agree. It's not, it's not wise to do. It's not wise to do. <laughs> so that's something that we need to be, we need to be watching for. Moving well, from, on to the philo- philosophical chair. Well, I, before you do that, though, John Arthur, I think it's important that we bring out a few, a few more verses on this issue of who's got responsibility for the education of our children. Ooh. I mean, right now, we're, we're talking about public school system. I'm a firm believer that it doesn't belong there. And, and let me just give full disclosure for everybody. I'd be perfectly happy if we shut the whole thing down. As someone who went to public school. Yes. For his whole career. And, and I did. So I'm not in, in, in we, somebody call 911 because we're probably having to pick up some of our, our listeners, but listen to this. And, and this is why I want to go back to biblical stuff. This is why I want, you know, Melissa to pull out some of these verses because the ultimate responsibility for education is the parent period. It doesn't belong anywhere else. And I'm not saying that you can't have somebody help teach your kids, but putting everything in a public school system's responsibility, you're setting yourself up. That's a dangerous place to walk. So before we go on to philosophy, I want to... I wanted to come back one more time to theology, but go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. It kind of, like you said, it's like about the public school system and the false teachings. And when you look into 2 Timothy, there is a whole section that covers false teachings. And I think a lot of a lot of people, a lot of Christians think that false teachings is more along the lines of, well, what are we saying about Jesus and that kind of stuff. And it's, there's, that's one layer of it. And we can also apply these principles to the public school system. And one thing that I loved about Second Timothy, and if you don't mind, I'll read. Um, Please do. So it's 15 through 17, and it says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, and who correctly handles the word of truth. We can say the word of truth is what we're teaching to our, our kids. So then avoid um, godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. And this is what I love about 17. It says their teaching will spread like gangrene. And that's what we're seeing is that our teachers are teaching false information. They're pulling stuff from, you know, the CRT and Project 1619 saying, hey, this is correct teaching. And it's not it's not correct and we should be teaching the good and the bad and the ugly of everything that we have in our past that's how we're going to improve the future absolutely absolutely and here's a thing that just that goes right hand in hand on exactly what melissa was talking about um i posted a early this morning um an article in our show map this morning with about a, a deal that project veritas came up with and they interviewed an assistant principal whose his deal was he would not hire Catholics. Correct. He would not hire conservatives. He would only hire those with democratic ideas who would push that type of major liberal agenda, the agenda of transgenderism, and their beliefs in that regard. And, it, you know, 
we're talking indoctrination of ideas that parent most most parents don't agree with the, the, in school. The thing that Christians okay. need to get over is this idea of neutrality. We're not right. neutral. We're, we're here for a kingdom mission and a kingdom purpose. And frankly, I really don't care what you believe. Mm-hmm. I care about what's true. That's unconstitutional. And, and you've got people. Hmm? What that person did is unconstitutional. And what that person did was unconstitutional. They were specifically right. doing a religious test. And so you, you got to understand they're not playing by the rules. And I'm not suggesting that you don't, but I'm saying you need to realize that and you need to stop pretending that those who are in active opposition to God's word are somehow not. This doesn't mean that we treat them in an inhumane or cruel or unkind way. Foaming at the mouth gets you nowhere. But you need to realize they are not your friends. They want to change your children and raise them as their own. They will say, my kids. They take ownership of them. I say, my kids sometimes, when, I, you know, when I've done Awanas or whatever, you, you take an ownership over kids that you work with. They are going to take some of the philosophies that you hold if they respect and love you as a teacher. Guess what they're trying to do? And they will change. They will change your kids. They will say, and that, that guy literally says, they will grow up to be Democrat voters. Right. That is what we are trying to do. And check this out. He would not hire anybody that was over 30 because why? Because they went to college early. They get out, they're young and their beliefs were liberal. Their chances of their beliefs being liberal were high, very high. And they were able to teach these ideas without specifically saying those ideas, but using it in a way that just kind of creeped in in their teaching to get it into their minds so that as they grew up, that's the way they would vote and that's the way they would believe. So stop saying that you're, you don't want them to indoctrinate your kids because frankly you do too. You want to indoctrinate your kids. You want to indoctrinate your kids. That is literal. It doesn't, that word does not mean what you think it means. Doctrine means teaching. In means to put them into. You want to put them into good doctrine. When we talk about indoctrinating kids, it's one of the reasons why the left comes back and says, <laughs> what do you mean by that? Because you're, you're, you're working on a non sequitur. Um, it, it doesn't make sense. For those of you who don't know what a non sequitur is, it doesn't compute, doesn't follow that somehow it's bad for them to indoctrinate the kids. You want to choose who you are putting your kids with. And so I, I, we, we've kind of moved around the room here. I want to get to Josh over here. When we are paying people to indoctrinate our kids into something that's not the gospel, what, is that, what does that say about our stewardship? I would say it's our our stewardship there would be poor. I was having a good conversation with my father last night. Really good conversation. It was about what I would do with my children and if when I have my children or if the Lord provides me with children. And it was about would I send my kids to public school or would I do homeschool? And I told him I would do homeschool. Well, my dad, you know, he's big on public school. I was in public school my entire life. 
And I see the merit in what he's saying because he's saying, well, you know, I want you to be able to be sociable. And mm. I, I see I see what he was saying there. And he's like, I disagree with all their teaching. But, you know, I think there's something good there for the so, for the social part. And I'll be honest, whenever I went to DBU, there was three types of kids that came through. It was the home school. It was the private school. And it was the public school. Interestingly enough, the two kids that were really like that I thought were great socially and the homeschoolers, they're socially awkward, but they're awesome, awesome. to talk to. Mm -hmm. And so is the, the public schoolers are also awesome to talk to. And those two people were the strongest people in the faith. Because guess what? The person who's homeschooled, they've been getting indoctrinated with the right stuff. And the person in public school, if their parents have been raising them up in the right way, they had to go through the ringer and have basically just become a, a, a sturdier craftsman. I'm not saying that's the correct way, mind you. I, I agree with homeschooling. But the kids to me that was the most interesting, the kids that went off went off the deep end were the kids that went to private school. Wow. And, and, and that right there really lends to something. Who was raising the kids? Yes. Or who do the parents think, well, we pay the teachers to do that. Yep, yep. And that's what you get with a lot of people who, and, and I want to tread very lightly here. I know a lot of very godly parents yes. who raised very godly kids who are public schooled. One of them being in this room. Two of them being in this room, okay? So, so or a bunch of them actually being in this room. I think I'm actually outnumbered because uh, I'm the only one that was... Uh, Religious school, private school, and homeschooled eventually. You know, church school, private school, homeschooled. And I know a lot of parents who raise good godly kids in public school. We're not saying that you can't do that. But you have to understand that the kid is your responsibility. They're not merely an unfortunate consequence to a pleasurable experience. You, 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 you do the crime, you guess what? You get a lifetime of doing the time. And you have to raise this kid. You have to pour into this kid. The kids like Josh, who turned out okay, or the kids who, you know, who who are strong in their faith, it's because someone put something into them. They poured into that child. That's what you're supposed to be doing as a parent. It doesn't matter if it's public education, private education, or homeschooling. You have to be pouring into that child. And the question is, who's pouring into that child? Is it a government-paid individual who was hired specifically because they believed in the leftist ideology or is it someone that you chose because you looked around, you shopped around with your tuition as someone who couldn't afford a private school or couldn't afford a homeschool, but you said, I got my voucher. I'm going to go pay, put this down somewhere where I can, Josh. And you know, I, I want to clarify something. I'm not talking out against the, the private schoolers and I'm not talking out against the, the private school teachers. I, I want to make that very clear. I'm not talking about the individuals. I'm more so talking about the complex because when you think about private schools and public schools, they both have something in common there. There's big money involved in both. Yes. Mm. Yes. And I think with private school, it even can get a little bit more extreme because you can start getting into heavy, heavy favoritism. Yep. Uh, mind you, same in public school, but you, you see where I'm going with this. Yeah, it, there's, it, 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 there's evil and wickedness wherever yeah, you yeah. go. There, there's big money and there's evil wickedness wherever you go. And, you know, there was things that I came out of public school with that were garbage. Uh, for example, one of the toughest things I had to like trying to think about it in relation to the Bible was the age of the earth. That was something that was always on my mind because I was confused about how these two things could comport because they really don't comport at all. And so... There's things you do gain from public school, but there is something that I will say you did gain, you do gain from public school. And I'm not talking about the critical race theory. I'm talking about critical thinking, yes. critical thinking and being able to look at two things and decipher which is the truth and which is not the truth is one of the mm -hmm. most important things you can gain 
in in life, life, not from school, but from in life. And that's important that the parent teaches that because you want to teach them what the right thing is, but you also want to teach them how to decipher between. Right so, John Arthur, I want to give you that that quote unquote official definition of indoctrinate. Teach a person or group to accept a set of beliefs uncritically. That might be a modern. It is. A modern it interpretation, is. but you actually look at the Latin roots. That's yep. not what it is. Well. And, and that's what, what it's come to mean. But what I'm saying is. Here's my point, though. The word uncritically without analysis. Is important. Is important. Correct. It is important. You look at the Latin root, that's to raise them in doctrine. Yep. And so. It, you want to be careful to the issue of I I, I I love what Josh has shared there because that's a personal experience that that is very powerful. My wife homeschooled all five of our kids 22 years and she did an incredible job. When we were getting into this early, it was brand new to us. We, we both had been public school. And she actually was in a, um, a, a much larger public school than what I was at one point. We were nervous about it. And we were telling some of the people that we worked with and so on and so forth. And I can remember one of my coworkers saying, Charlie, what are you going to do about them socially? They're going to be so socially awkward. And I didn't really have a good argument to that. But it was really interesting that just a few days later, I went home, and I had nine kids playing in my yard. That's not socially awkward. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I want to be clear, that's not all social either. That's not all there is to social interaction. But what it told me was, is that, no, they're not going to be socially awkward, but it's going to be on us to make sure that they get some of those experiences that they need. And I have seen a lot of homeschoolers have incredible social experiences. Well, you, you put someone in Civil Air Patrol, Boy Scouts, or Trail Life Amen. USA, or, you know, fine, fine, fine. But you, you, you put them in theater, you put them in yes. a number of different groups, and you are going to get that component. It doesn't yep. have to come from a public school. By the way, uh, the closest thing I was ever into a public school was this kind of is sort of like a semi-charter and it was it was Methodist, but it was just like a public school. It was the worst school I ever went to. Oh my gosh! And it's like I'm sorry, the social experience there. It just I'm sorry. It, it why why would I why would I want that? Why wouldn't I want to interact with people on a different set of age sets than I am? Work with people, actually get a chance to apprentice. Why wouldn't I want that? So just from a personal experience, not so much from a chair, but I want to come down to, cause we've talked a lot about accountability and it was kind of where, where, where we were going to go with the last round, but I want to go over to the chair of theology for a moment on the issue of accountability. What does the Bible say about holding people accountable and inspecting fruit? Well, I think what they, um, kind of what the Bible says about the accountability part is that, you know, I think as you know, Charlie mentioned that in, well, in Deuteronomy 6 or 7, it's the parents' responsibility to, you know, make sure that we have, you know, I will say in doctrine correctly, but they were in doctrine correctly. Um, 
but we um sorry I just lost my train of thought no here. no no worries <laughs> but what does the bible say about holding individuals to account as far as watching for their fruit and you shall know them by their fruits well we have to and we have to see like if we see one person falling we have to be able to bring that person back up to where they're supposed to be so that's what the bible teaches us and if in and so then that's one of the things that we really have to look at is are they willing to come back and we should be affording that opportunity we should be able to say look you're, you're not you're not comporting with the scripture you're not lining up with reality you're teaching critical race theory you're teaching a critical gender theory and you're you're sexualizing our children you're making them hate themselves etc so what we want to do is we want to bring that to them winsomely but if they can't do that it says you should know them by their fruits and if someone comes with a different gospel than what than what we preach don't even dine with them which was a sign of friendship and fellowship any thoughts there well, I think as I'm, what, Deuteronomy 7, or, I'm sorry. Yeah, Deuteronomy 6, 6, six and seven. 7. What it says is that thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy child, and thou shalt teach, talk to them when thou sittest in thine house. I'm not used to all these thou's. <laughs> <laughs> and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. So honestly, we need to teach them at every point of their day. And who's the impetus on the parent. Mm. Well, not the, the church. And, oh. It's not even on the Levites, though. It's on the parents. Mm -hmm. But but the Levites were supposed to teach the parents how to raise their kids. And if there's something I can say, I think the one thing that the new evangelical church has lost out on, and I'm not, be careful. I'm not, I'm not saying what you might think I'm saying. Bear with me. Youth pastors have been a part of the downfall of the American church. We see a 90% recidivism coming out and it's not because of the youth pastors. It's not the youth pastors. I love youth pastors. They're working hard. They've got a hard job, a hard road to hoe, but guess what? We are training them wrong. They should be working at equipping the parents. Mm. They should be talking to the kids and they should be facilitating. Okay, parents, I know there's not an instruction manual that comes with having a kid. The only thing we have is the Bible. And these are, this is what your kid's going through. And these are the things that you need to be raising your kid up in. And you need to be getting the youth pastor to have the parents train the kids. That should be the model. I'm not just smelling rotten eggs. I'm not just saying 90% of kids leave the faith when they go to college. I'm saying there's a reason for it. It's because the parents aren't engaged. Well, they also get these programs that they get from various places and they follow these programs and these programs are not set up to do that. They're set up for just, they're they're excuse me, like fluff. Exactly. Fluff, fluff having fun, well, doing this, social. just have you know, social. social type stuff and whatnot, but it's not about teaching doctrine like they need to be taught, you know, and, and going about it the correct way and being able to keep them in the faith so that what do they do? 
they fall away from the church and their faith isn't kept strong. So when they get it around a professor that has a stronger faith that's not of the Lord, they're easily brought away from it and tempted by that instead of kept following Jesus. And, and so that responsibility that you're referring to, that responsibility falls on the parent. And that's why we're focused on parent choice today. And again, we're not talking about defunding public schools. Don't don't no. understand. Right. I, I, I might like that, but I'm not saying that at the moment. I'm saying at the very minimum, let parents choose. Because when it comes down to it, with, with the note of Deuteronomy 6 in mind, I want to go to the chair philosophy here. What should we be doing now that we have the Lord's direction on that as Christians and stop thinking that you're secularist Christians. Please church, stop thinking that you're secularist Christians because that is an oxymoron. You cannot serve two masters, the God of man, secularism, and the God of the Bible, Yahweh, Jehovah, you can't serve both. So now that we have that directive from God, how should we go about putting it out? Because people will come out and they'll say charter schools, are up to forty, up to forty percent, forty-six percent more effective than public schools, uh, as far as economically, but they're not necessarily as effective as they're about the same. It's, it's statistically nominally better than public schools, and again, that goes to the corruption, which I want to go to the economic trend a bit on. But wouldn't a free market provide a better opportunity for more flourishing, more competition. Absolutely. And the, the points that Josh was making earlier, the first thing that went through my mind is if the public school really wanted to stay in play, the best thing that they could do is compete with each other. Yes. Because when you compete and you want to win, you will do something to become better. And what do parents look at? Great. Yeah, Absolutely. So are my kids really learning? Are they better prepared for college than other kids in my area? What, what's, what's the deal there? I could rant so hard about the grading system. Oh my God. <laughs> oh yeah. D- d- don't even start me on the grades, but yes. So when it, you know, one of the things that went through my mind earlier while Josh was talking was when it comes to education, education is almost like investing money. Do I want to put all of my eggs in one basket or do I want to diversify? Let me rephrase that for you. Do I want someone else to create a monopoly and make it impossible for me to change a sinking basket? Yeah. And that goes to the heart of the competition issue. And I think if we were wise as a society, if we truly do believe in the public school system, and I'm in agreement with you uh, again, i I'd be happy with closing it up, but let's say that we're, we're, we're not going to do that. The next best thing that we can do is provide our families with a voucher and say, here's your money. You go pick the institution that you want your kids to be educated at right. and hand it in. And that is what you're going to get. And you know what? Some will buy Walmart. Some will buy Target. Some will buy JCPenney or Kohl's. That's okay. You figure out where it needs to go. That's your business. Let them right. sort it out themselves yes. in a free market environment. Going over to the chair of culture. 
<laughs> going to go over to the chair of culture here. Were you, let's were go you ahead there for a moment. No, 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 no. it's fine. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about what the culture Uh-oh. has ultimately done now that we've created a monopoly. Oh man, we've, we've kind of dumbed it down. I mean, it really has. You look at the scores, just let's take the scores in America compared to the rest of the rest of the world. Our scores are so bad across America compared to the rest of the scores. Europe, uh, Japan, um, China, any of these other places, our scores are the grade levels and scores are, so, are horrible, man. I mean, of course, when you go around and then you say, okay, we're going to take these grades and, and we're going to, for one group of people, we're going to, take these grades and we're going to make it to where you only have to make a certain amount of grades. Okay. What's more racist. Hey, I went to nothing but all white schools from first grade all the way up to graduation. Now, how racist is that? All white schools do Mm -hmm. through the sixties and seventies. You know what I'm saying? So, one of the primary one of the primary refrains that you hear even to this day is that for some reason it's racist to expect it's racist to expect individuals who have a certain amount of melanin in their skin to succeed and mm. you'll hear that to this day and and that right there is a very very sick culture Amen. that is that is permeated and by the way it's the same people it's the same people. Don't let them tell you that there's a switch. There was never a switch. Republicans have always been, you're good enough. You're a human. You can go out and succeed. Let's enable you to succeed. Go succeed. That's always been us. Democrats, when they got done saying, well, they're subhuman, we said, well, okay, well, they're subhuman, and now we have to help them. Guys, don't fall for it. Don't fall for the bait. Don't do it. Uh, on the note of politics, we got to be wrapping up here. On the note of politics... I just want to go ahead and put it in here. You cannot expect the government to act in anything other than its self-interest. And it's going to be enforcing the cultural norms that, of the culture that's in power. And right now, what you're seeing with the desire to oppose school choice, they desire to keep their power. They desire to keep their power. So putting school choice in place now allows everyone an opportunity to choose how they're going to raise their kids. It's always about choice with them, they say. They say they want pro-choice. They say they want to be able to choose this or that. No, no, no. It's always about someone else's body, always about someone else's money. They always want to choose what you do with your money or what they can do to someone else's body in the womb. It's when it comes to actually being able to choose for your family and your children what is best, they don't want to. They don't want to give you that option. So, just uh, laying that out there. Make sure you're winsome if you bring up that argument. Moving over to the chair of economics, we do need to be wrapping up here. I want to get your your, your kind of your thoughts. Final thoughts. <clears throat> People should have the ability to choose. It is a free market. It, if a school is doing a bad job, then you should let them fail. And you should 
give them the message. And it's not that it's not even failing with the sense of we want to see them fail. We want to see them succeed. Of course, we want to see them succeed. But how are we supposed to see them succeed if we keep bailing them out every single time they fail? Amen. So I think the big thing is just letting them fail and letting them learn and understand that, hey, if I don't want my kid to go to some garbage school that's in HISD or that's in uh, that's in any of these districts for that matter, then I shouldn't be I I should have the choice to be able to put them somewhere else or I should have or maybe this is the better option. I should just homeschool my child. But I 100% agree with that. But 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 going to the public school thing. It's a free market. We should have the ability to choose. No questions asked and if a school is doing a bad job let them fail. But you're still going to pay school tax. Well, you're still going to pay say. school taxes if you were if you were homeschooling, you're still going to pay those school taxes. It'd be nice to get a voucher for that. Amen. And and oh, yeah. yes, people are going to want to put oversight on it. No, I don't think you should. I'd be more in favor of everyone keeping their own money to do exactly what they would choose. But then if that were to happen, if that were to work, the church would actually have to be, oh, I I, I don't know, the church and <laughs> and work with people Imagine have that. have an education. And that's a whole new rabbit hole. Ha- have an education opportunity for kids and work with parents who couldn't afford the same amount as everyone else that should be it you should be not only tithing but offering to your church and your church should be providing that sort of thing if the church started doing this you would make a strong case to get rid of the board of education the federal board federal why is there a federal board of education that's a whole nother question entirely why do we need randy weingarten why do we need any, any any of that oversight, any of that mismanagement? Because there's it's it's not oversight, it's mismanagement. So when people to sum up, when people say that school choice is racist, no, school choice is not racist. The people who oppose school choice now implemented racist policies in the past, Amen. and now they want to say that school choice yes. is somehow racist, those were always Democrats. The same people who are ideologically, the same people who are pushing it forward. By the way, the mother of uh, uh, school choice, African-American lady, 1989, got the first uh, uh, charter schools in Chicago. People say, well, charter schools misuse money. Every system misuses money. I've seen all of it. Yep. The question is, is do you have the accountability to move to a different place? And finally, are these people teaching godly principles? They're not. I don't want to pay for that. I don't want to pay for lesbian theory being taught to my four-year-old child. Just get rid of it. People don't know what racism is. They should have went to school during the 60s and 70s. Exactly. So uh, with that said, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, like, comment, share, subscribe, all those good things. Um, If you didn't, Smash the dislike button repeatedly, preferably in a um, multiple of two. Uh, with that said, go ahead and tell us what you think about uh, school choice and why you think it is a better option for the America that we want to have. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Peace. All right. All right. If you're still here, what was your worst and your best school memory? Rapid fire. We got to go. One of my worst school memories was my kindergarten bullies. <laughs> they're vicious. <laughs> they are. They're like they're horrible. I still remember those two girls to this day. But my best school memories 
is being in marching band and getting to have that experience of traveling to different states and getting just that community and family of musicians. I was blessed because I was part of a small school system and I've got so many good memories. They, I can't pick one, uh, but I enjoyed my music. I enjoyed my sports and I enjoyed some of my classes. I'd say some of my best school memories were, like Charlie said, playing sports and beating up on bullies. And, oh, my. <laughs> and my worst was in elementary school and junior high was after beating up on bullies, I got busters. I got plenty of busters. <laughs> <laughs> I nice. Got beat up on plenty nice. of bullies. <laughs> no, I was the bully kid. I didn't but like bullies. School, <laughs> school plays, school plays were so much fun. Uh, Demetrius in a Midsummer Night's Dream, right here, baby. That was fun. Oh my gosh, that was great. Uh, but yeah, school bullies, eh, bad times, but they were hardly bad. Sorry if I go a little deep here, but seventh grade being exposed to pornography in woodshop class, not good. Worst memory. Wow. Uh, but best That's memory, right. funny enough, still a sixth grade year. Uh, hit a home run against this really good team the previous day in a, in a in a sporting outfit that everybody in that school was involved with that played baseball. And then coming to school the next day and everybody was like, yo, Gilby, man. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. All right, tell us your worst and your best memories from school in the comment section down below. Thank y'all. Love you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.